This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Monday, January 29th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Burlington will be the final stop this year for the annual bike ride across Iowa. Organizers of RAGBRAI announced the route over the weekend. The 51st annual ride will begin on July 21st in Glenwood and wrap up on July 27th in Burlington. Organizers say the entire route will stretch for 424 miles, which is the eighth shortest in RAGBRAI history. However, it will also be the hilliest, with more than 18,700 feet of uphill biking. Illinois State Senator Steve Stadelman says it's important for state laws to keep pace with the advancement of technology. That's why the Democratic lawmaker introduced a bill that would prohibit the use of electronic tracking systems to determine someone's location without their consent. That would include people who are under a no-contact order. Stadelman says the measure would apply to technologies like Apple's AirTag. People use it for many different ways to locate lost luggage, for example. But, you know, just like any good thing, uh, there'll be bad people. They'll try to find bad ways to use it. Stadelman says law enforcement officers are now seeing these tracking devices used in cases of domestic violence. In Illinois, tracking someone's location electronically is already a criminal offense. Singing the national anthem would be a daily requirement for students in Iowa's public schools under a bill making its way through the state house. Iowa Public Radio's Grant Gerlach has our story. A hearing about the national anthem demands a performance. Or the ramparts we watch. Representative Sue Cahill, a Democrat from Marshalltown, led this rendition with an American flag propped up in her phone case. She was part of a subcommittee discussing a bill that requires students to learn the words and music of the anthem and for every classroom to sing at least one verse each day. Cahill opposes the bill. She says schools teach civics and history, but patriotism cannot be forced. It is something in our hearts, something we learn. We have to choose the meaning of our patriotism. Republican Representative Henry Stone of Forest City says he supports students being well-versed in the anthem's history and meaning. The bill was passed on to the full House Education Committee. Of the brave. I'm Grant Gerlach, IPR News. A Great Lakes advocacy organization is asking that fish companies commit to using up every part of each commercially caught fish by 2025. So far, 21 companies across the Midwest have signed on. On average, only 40% of a fish caught and sold in the Great Lakes actually makes it to the market. Advocates want to see the remaining 60% be turned into new products such as fish leather, medical bandages, and supplements. The Illinois State Board of Education is recommending an $11 billion budget for the fiscal year that begins in July. It prioritizes evidence-based funding, a formula that funnels any new dollars to districts with the most financial need first. Since 2018, the state has increased funding for the initiative by $350 million each year except for one. Board member Shirley Chavaria says she's happy to recommend another $350 million. I further want to highlight an appreciation for the recommendation to continue supporting the EBF um, commitments that have been made. I think that's incredibly important to get us closer to that goal of equity. 
However, the state is about $2.5 billion behind in making sure all districts are adequately funded by 2027. That would require $819 million each year over the next three years. A report released by Iowa Health and Human Services proposes big changes to public health models. Iowa Public Radio's Grant Leo Winterer reports that for some counties, that could hurt the quality of care. One of the proposed changes would consolidate county public health offices into 10 to 15 regions across Iowa, each serving at least 30,000 people. That has some public health directors worried. It could mean local public health workers would become state employees. Caitlin Emmerich is the public health director for Black Hawk County. She worries that the quality of care could diminish the further it gets from the local level. It would have significant impacts on how we serve our communities. Obviously, we would lose some decision-making and potentially have workforce changes along with that as well. I'm Grant Leo Winterer, IPR News. In our feature for today, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA, application underwent significant changes in the past year and was delayed for months. Now that the application window is officially open, Illinois Public Radio's Peter Medlin talked with financial aid experts to learn more about what students and families can expect. Leanna Davis says this is by far the biggest FAFSA revision she's seen during her decade plus in higher education. She's the executive director of financial aid at Rock Valley College. There are a lot of important changes to this year's form, but the most substantial is that the Department of Education overhauled the formula for how financial aid is calculated. Davis says it used to be based on a student's expected family contribution, or EFC. Now it's called the Student Aid Index. Here's an example of how the old expected family contribution would work. The government would say, we anticipate that you'll spend 11% of your adjusted gross income on medical expenses. And I think now they're just taking a better snapshot of the actual numbers. They're also pulling the information directly from the IRS. That's also a major part of the new FAFSA, whereas previously students might have to manually enter tax information or go through a tricky IRS tax retrieval process. Now, most of that information is automatically uploaded into your application. That means for many students, this year's application will have fewer questions and will be quicker to fill out. Sol Jensen is the VP for Enrollment Management, Marketing and Communications at Northern Illinois University. He says the lowest that the old expected family contribution could go was zero. But with the student aid index, students with substantial financial need can have a negative number. You know, with a population of quite a few students who are lower income and, and have a high financial need, we're, we're still not yet sure how that's going to impact a lot of our students. More students are expected to qualify for federal aid with the new FAFSA. Some studies say hundreds of thousands more students will be eligible for federal Pell Grants. That could mean a net increase of over $7 billion in Pell Awards, according to the state. State Higher Education Executive Officers Association. Jensen says that institutions aren't positive how that will affect the awards a student actually receives. I don't know if any anyone at the federal level has approved a, a massive increase in the Pell budget. He says through the fall and winter, they've had students come to them with questions about the new process, but they haven't always had answers. The institutions have been somewhat blind to the real ins and outs. Now, we we knew what some of the major changes were going to be, but 
we didn't necessarily know, and still don't necessarily know, how that's going to impact other aspects of the awarding process. Both Jensen and Leanna Davis expect the new formula to be a good thing for students in the long run, but Jensen says that some students could see their financial aid go down. There are also a couple of changes about assets for small businesses, assets for family farms, and those will have a bit of a a negative impact um, compared to what it was. Students with more than one family member enrolled in college might see decreases in awards or eligibility, too. And there are other positive changes. The application is now available in the 11 most commonly spoken languages in the U.S., as opposed to just English and Spanish. Also, students can now automatically send their FAFSA information to up to 20 colleges instead of 10. For Illinois students, Jensen says to try to submit your FAFSA as soon as possible, preferably in January. We are being told from uh, the state that um, they would like to have everything in by February 1st for students who had previously received MAP grants. And again, I think they are concerned about the the changes here and not knowing how it's going to impact and and if we're going to have a lot more students eligible where the state may not be able to fund all of those MAP grants as as we have in the past. And even though the application itself can take less than a half hour to fill out, the process still takes a few days. Davis says that's because dependent students and parents or guardians have to create FSA IDs, which can take a few days to be approved and ready to use. They all have to have their own FSA ID, and they all have to provide consent for the IRS to move their data. That's going to be a, a big change for people that they're not used to seeing. Jensen also has advice on how to approach the process. I would encourage students to do it first because when the students do it, they can put in parent email addresses and then after the student completes it, then it'll email the parent and really all they have to do is click a link and then complete the the rest of the information. Even if students don't think they'll qualify for aid, Davis says you should still apply because you might be eligible for other opportunities. You don't have to be eligible for federal aid to be eligible for, say, federal work study. And she says if the new system, delays, or waiting rooms have you stressed out, you are not alone. Everyone's in the same boat, right? Like, we're all a little bit behind, which means we're not behind at all. Students have until the end of June to finish the FAFSA, although Davis says to complete it as soon as possible so you have as much time as possible to make decisions. And students wrapping up their FAFSA now probably shouldn't expect to see their award package until the spring. If they have any questions or concerns about their application, students can also reach out to the financial aid office at the colleges they're applying to or the school they currently attend. I'm Peter Medlin. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be mostly cloudy. Then it will gradually clear and become sunny with a high in the mid-40s. We expect southwesterly winds at 5 to 15 miles an hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles an hour at times. For tonight, there's a slight chance of rain overnight. It should be mostly cloudy with a low in the mid-30s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.